This is the Early Childhood Research Podcast, and you're listening to Episode 14. Welcome to the Early Childhood Research Podcast, where we tell you how the latest research can help in your home and in your classroom. Hello, I'm Liz, the host of the Early Childhood Research Podcast. This is Episode 14, and today we're chatting about late talkers. Are you worried that your own child or one of the children in your care is lagging behind the others in their speech? How do we know they're behind and what can we do to help them move forward? You can find a transcript of this episode plus a really great infographic that summarises the whole episode. So if you want to go and pin it so that you can find the information later, go to lizesearlylearningspot.com, click on the podcast tab and look for episode 14. Before we start today, we need to ask the question in terms of language development, what is, quote unquote, normal? Firstly, we must keep in mind that there needs to be a fairly wide range as to what is considered normal. Comparing your own child directly with another might not be reassuring. And we shouldn't be looking around at playgroup, for example, and starting to rate kids by their intelligence or the number of friends they have or their ability to paint a masterpiece, children develop differently and that's okay. If we do have concerns, we should visit our doctor or other health professional and ask for their opinion. Early intervention is the very best way of helping struggling children in the long term, so I'm not saying ignore developmental delay. But I am suggesting that sometimes we worry too much especially if we're doing the comparison thing. My first daughter spoke in full sentences from a very young age, but my second daughter took much, much longer. We're talking years longer. There would have been no point getting anxious about her development because they were two very different children with different personalities and gifts. They're grown now and my first daughter communicates really well through writing and my second daughter communicates powerfully through her art and music. There's no difference in their understanding and expression of language, just in how it's ended up being channeled. When talking about language development, the first year is very important. It's the time when the foundation is being laid, so the stronger we can make it, the better. We want to encourage them to make sounds, the cooing, the babbling and the gesturing, They may start to form their first words at around 12 months old. From 12 to 18 months, the first words start popping up and they begin adding to the vocabulary. They can understand no, but they may not obey. (laughs) If your child isn't babbling or using gestures by 12 months, then talk to your doctor. From 18 months to two years, children start to put two words together to make a kind of sentence. They should understand most of what you say, and you'll probably understand them. If your child doesn't have any words at 18 months, then go and see your doctor. From two to three years, children start using longer, more complex sentences, and their pronunciation is getting better. They can play and talk at the same time, and strangers can probably understand much of what a three-year-old is saying. From three to five... We get longer and more complex conversations. They'll want to talk about lots of different things and they'll learn many more words. They might make up funny stories and will use better grammar. 
For the first three years, children understand a lot more than they can say. This is why it's so important for us to be interacting and chatting face-to-face with our young children, even if we feel a bit silly or that it's a waste of our very limited time. Language development is not just about learning to say individual words. It helps children express what they need or what they feel. It encourages thinking. It encourages problem solving. It helps them make friends and build relationships. When a child is having difficulty developing language skills, it can mean A, they're having trouble understanding what is being said to them, which we call receptive language. B, they can't find the words to express their own thoughts and feelings, which we call expressive language. Or C, a combination of both, where there's some disconnect between what's coming in and what's able to go out. So let's get on to the subject of late talkers. If we talk about childhood development between the ages of two and four, having difficulty with language is one of the most reported problems, affecting up to 20% of children, and late talking is one of these issues. Researchers have used assessment tools to decide what kind of scale the late talker is on, but it boils down to this. Late talkers are children who at two years of age have less than 50 words in their vocabulary. They do not combine words to make a phrase. Or C, they are sitting at the bottom 10% after using uh, assessment tools. For your information, the study found that the average child used 261 words. The girls, the two-year-old girls on average used 288 words and the boys used 235 words. Probably no surprise. So should we panic if our child is deemed to be officially late? Well, no. At two years of age, 19% of children are late talkers. That's quite significant. But when they reach four years of age, three quarters of those are now considered typical with the remaining quarter or 5% of all children having longer-term difficulties. Of those 81% that were talking typically at two years old, most will progress without a problem, but again, similar numbers of children will show difficulties at four years of age. So having a late talker does not mean we have to rush out and start engaging therapists. We will want to keep an eye on it and certainly have our child's hearing tested to make sure that's not a problem, but we shouldn't be worrying just yet. Having said that, it's important to be encouraging language development as much as we can, and of course we're going to feel that more keenly if our children are slow to speak. We know that when a young child is able to communicate effectively, they have improved social interactions, they have greater vocabulary, they become greater readers, they're more ready for school, and the increased ability to communicate helps prevent problem behaviours. So whether your child is late talking or not, it's really good to work on language development. Research has shown that there are three very easy ways to encourage your child's language skills to help with both receptive and expressive language. That is to help them understand what others are saying 
and to help them express what they're feeling. And the first is imitation. Young children love to imitate people around them and they learn a lot by doing it. And learning language is no different. When they imitate the words they hear and then receive instant positive feedback, such as a laugh or a hug or more chatter, it encourages children to do it again and again. They're self-motivated to imitate because it makes them feel good. Eventually, after hundreds of repetitions, they begin to assign meaning to individual words and can start to use them independently. So feel free to use lots of words with your child or the children in your care, and if they speak, go ahead and imitate that word so that it becomes a kind of early dialogue, a private chat between you and your child. If they are pronouncing the words incorrectly, repeat them back correctly so they can hear how it's supposed to sound. If they're using incorrect grammar, say it back more clearly and with the correct grammar. Not with the attitude of saying, oh, you've said this the wrong way, but just a gentle rephrasing so they're hearing the correct version. This way they'll keep adjusting the way they say a word or a phrase until it matches what they're hearing. After imitating, the second one is responsive questioning. This is when we see how our children are engaged and we ask them questions about it. Is Tommy playing with a a toy truck? Ask him what colour it is, how fast it goes, if it can fly, who likes to drive it and so on. We want to make them open-ended questions whenever possible so that children are encouraged to say more than yes or no so that they have to engage more than just by nodding or shaking their heads. It also helps to lengthen the engagement so that it's not just one question, one answer, stop. It becomes question, answer, question, answer, clarification, answer. Over time, this gives children a huge advantage because they get so much practice and clarification that they can't help but improve. This means using question words. What, who, where, how, why. What is this game you're playing? How many colours are you going to use in this picture? Why is Cinderella sleeping in front of the fire? How big is your sandcastle going to be? We might not get an immediate response to our question, and that's okay. We need to be comfortable with pausing to give children time to either think about what we're asking or to think about what words they want to use to respond. If they still don't answer, it's okay to fill the answer yourself. Watch their body language for clues on how they're feeling or what they might like to say. For little ones who are having trouble learning language, we might need to give extra support by giving options such as, where would your doll like to sit, on the floor or on the chair? We can also provide lead-in cues so children aren't stumbling over having to form a sentence and can just concentrate on a key word. For example, where is the ugly duckling? He's swimming in the and let the child say where they're swimming. After imitation and open answer questions, we go to the third, and it's called expansion. Expansion means repeating what your child says, 
and then adding new information. For example, if Mary points out the window and says car, we might say, yes, a bright yellow car, or that's a very fast car. If Leo walks to the fridge and says drink, we might say, may I have a drink, please, to model the question. Apparently, making these kind of expansive comments regularly leads to the greatest improvement in a child's language between the ages of two and three. Not only are we constantly providing more information, we're showing our child that we care about them and what they think, as well as giving them many more opportunities to hear and express language. And this has nothing to do with culture or race or wealth or poverty. It's just a matter of being intentional about the way we interact with our children. Often this is instinctive, chatting with our children even when they can't express themselves well. But there are plenty of times when exhaustion or impatience or long work hours robs us of this precious time or makes us too tired or too busy to give our youngest children the time they need. If we work in childcare, we can also find ourselves being too busy to stop and have these individual conversations, or most of our attention is being taken up by a small number of demanding children so that we miss those opportunities with our quieter ones. So we have to be intentional about it, about taking the time to talk with our children. And as an aside, technology such as iPads and TV are not an effective way to give our children an improved vocabulary or an improved understanding at this age. It's the give and take the body language, the conversation, the back and forth that happens when we interact face-to-face that really helps children's understanding and communication skills improve. Whenever we're with our children, whether at play, while we're tidying up, driving in the car, reading a book together, grocery shopping or at snack time at playgroup, it's always a good time to imitate, to ask questions and to expand on what our children are saying. So to summarise, being a late talker does not mean your child is going to have long-term difficulties with language, but it's a great idea, as it is with all children, to really be intentional about chatting with your child, exposing them to songs, poems, to books and conversation. Imitate your child's words and encourage them to imitate you. Use open-ended questions, what, where, why, who, when, to give your child the opportunity to respond in many different ways and to encourage the back-and-forth nature of conversation. And most importantly, constantly expand on what your child is saying. Speak more, use a greater variety of words, and let them know you value who they are and what they have to say. If you'd like to read the transcript or check out the infographic to save it for later, go to lizesearlylearningspot.com, click on the podcast tab and look for episode 14. Leave some comments there. I'd love to hear what you've got to say. It would also be really helpful if you could go to iTunes to leave a comment and review. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network for educators 
by educators. So if you're looking for more education podcasts, go over to edupodcastnetwork.com and you'll find a great selection there. Thanks for joining me today to learn a little more about early childhood research and I wish you happy teaching and learning. Thanks for listening to the Early Childhood Research Podcast at www.lizsearlylearningspot.com.